all status, I'ma beat y'all back I pull up on the block in a big Corvette yeah. Riding around the city with a stick all black I'ma try with a fuck with weed with all that Conversation about life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech, and marketing. My name is Ivan Temelkov, and I'm your host. On this podcast, you will gather 100% real, raw, and unfiltered life-changing advice to help you level up in every aspect of your life and business and help you reach your goals and dreams. Today, I am joined by Lisa Kordikas. Is that correct? That's correct. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Ivan. Awesome. So just a little bit about Lisa that I want to share, your background. So from a teenage single mother to a passionate business owner that is pursuing her life's mission of empowering others, she understands what it feels like to go through the motions in life without ever feeling passionate or excited. Uh, She has faced and overcome many challenges in her life and knows what it takes to create and develop a life where you can feel confident, empowered, and happy. It is now Lisa's purpose and mission in life to bring those same feelings to others. So I know when me and you were chatting via Instagram, you said, I, I have to think about my bio for, mm-hmm. for a second. And, and now that I'm reading this, it's, it's very powerful. It's very transformational. It's very enlightening. I think You've, you've done a lot of things, and that's what I want to talk about on this episode, you know, all the way back to, you know, becoming a mother at a very young age, right? And let's face it, for, for a lot of women who are very young, become first-time mothers, you know, it's a, it's a very unexpected thing, right? It really kind of puts you on the spot. So let's start off with that, and let's start off, you know, with, you know, sharing a little about, about your story on what led you to what you're doing today. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you asked because it's, it's a powerful part of my story and it's a part that I don't really get into. Um, but if we back up to my life as a teenager, I had been, you know, throughout all my life, I was born and raised in a Christian home, great morals and values, a lot of good decisions. And when I started to connect with some of the wrong people, some wrong influences and friends, I kind of went along with the flow, even though I felt uncomfortable with some of the decisions my friends made, I was still looking for that significance, right? I was looking for, I was looking for value and acceptance in the people that were around me. I had gone from being homeschooled for years in my, in my elementary school years. My mom had been diagnosed with something and was dying. So she thought if I'm dying, I want to, I want to homeschool my kids and be there for them as long as I can. So I did that until sixth grade. And then when I went to public school, I was joining a world of kids who had been there with each other for years. And and so I was trying to really find my place. And by the time eighth grade came, I I started to kind of fall in with, with some bad influences, but I was still making good decisions. And that really kind of went downhill after ninth grade. Yeah. One of those pivotal moments for me And, you know, I didn't think I would say this because I don't really tell anyone, but it was pivotal. I had been really active in our church at that time in my freshman year in high school. And I had made some bad decisions before that. I think I had drank once and I had tried smoking weed a couple of times, but I had stopped everything. I was going to youth group. I, I was really kind of pursuing a lot of good decisions in life. And I had the youth pastor of our church at the time, we were preparing for a mission trip to Mexico. 
And we had teams of people that we were kind of planning. We were going to be building homes for people down there and we were preparing for our roles. And after a few months of preparing for this trip to Mexico, he pulls me into his office and he tells me that I'm not allowed to go to Mexico because he doesn't trust me in my decisions and he can't take the risk of having me there and having me make a wrong decision that could jeopardize them or their team. And so I wasn't allowed to go. And what that said to me is you're not good enough, right? I said, you're not good enough because I hadn't been doing anything. I was active in the church a lot during, during the week, several times a week, I was doing stuff with groups in the church and wasn't making any wrong decisions. I hadn't done anything for months, but he harbored that against me from decisions that I had made evidently before that. Um, my mom addressed it. The church ended up letting the pastor go because it didn't align with their values or beliefs. And so that was good. But for an impressionable 14 year old, it told me that it didn't matter what I did. I was never going to be good enough. So from that point on, I kind of rebelled against the system, right? I, I partied with my friends. I drank, I started kind of living more of a carefree wild life. And and I was still looking for that, that value and that validation and that significance, that meaning around me. And, and if you've ever been in that kind of situation to where you're just kind of having fun, there's not a lot of meaning there because when the night's over and things settle down, these people are not people that truly care about you. These people are not there to lift you up and support you, to challenge you, to help you grow. They are just there to have fun. And as long as you're bringing them fun, then, then you serve a purpose in their life and that's it. Um, and so, so during that time I had, um, I had started dating this guy when I was 16 and he was 19 and we were together for about four years and I became pregnant at 17. Oh my gosh. It was the best thing that had ever happened to me for sure. One of the best things, because for me, I always wanted to be a mother. And so when I found out I was pregnant at 17, I mean, yes, it's scary. I I panicked. Like, are you kidding me? I'm going to be a mom at 17. Like I literally, my knees buckled, but in the same sense, at the exact same moment, I just had all these thoughts flash through my mind. And I just thought, I know, I know that for me, abortion's never, never a consideration on the table. No. And so that flashed in my mind. It said, well, then the other option is I'm going to be a mom. And it's like, then, then bring it because I'm not afraid of a challenge, right? I'm not afraid of a challenge. And this means this is where my life is going. No. And it was powerful because for me, I, I wouldn't even drink caffeine when I was pregnant, not for my baby. Right. So I quit coffee. I wouldn't drink. I wasn't around anyone who was doing anything. All of my decisions and, and kind of the carefree life that I was living changed in an instant. And what was so powerful about that is when you change your habits for the better, it reveals the, the true relationships that are around you for what they are. Because I told you, like, I, I had over 200 friends in my phone I could call at any moment to hang out with and go do things right. with. Well, now that I'm pregnant and I'm not drinking and I'm not going to parties, those friends whittle down to like three or four. <laughs> and, and you realize, like, who, who uses you for their own fun and who genuinely cares about you. And it doesn't matter if you're making a difference in your lifestyle from not pregnant to pregnant or partying to not. 
but I found the same thing and I'm sure you have Ivan when you're pursuing business when you're pursuing growing when you are pursuing living your life to a higher standard and, and expecting more from yourself and challenging yourself to be better and to grow people really don't like that people that want to live in complacency want you to live there too because it makes them feel comfortable yeah um and I, I, one thing I wanted to share about that actually, um, and I definitely want you to continue with your story is because this really resonates with me, especially when you said business is because, you know, I, I'm an immigrant. I, I came to the States when I was 14 years old, that was 26 years ago. And I remember bully being bullied out through high school because I was different. I looked different. I couldn't speak English. You know, I wasn't dressed like the cool kids. And, and in fact, that actually created a huge damp on my self-confidence for a long time, you know, to where I struggled with self-confidence and there's even still times where I kind of question it. And so when you were talking about all these things and like friends and stuff, it's amazing what happens when you true to, when you, when you really question the people in your life that are really there for the right purpose. Mm -hmm. Suddenly you find out, like you said, 200 friends in your phone that you could call at any time. But guess what? Maybe two of those generally gave a shit. Right. And it's right. like, it's, it's, it's almost like frustrating and discouraging when you find that out because you think, what happened to my 200 friends? Like, these are people that I had fun with. Right. You know, I thought that these are people that you could lean on and have a conversation when you just needed someone to listen. Mm -hmm. Been there, done that. Trust me, it's amazing because I know personally I've gone through this many times. I still go through it every day where it's like, who's my real friend? Suddenly, almost nobody's my friend mm -hmm. because everybody else cares about the materialistic things that are happening in the world, but they don't, they're not really truly your friend, you right. know? And so from a business standpoint, actually, in fact, this is why the word human has such huge significance in everything I do in business that I've done for almost five years now with my businesses because... It is that human centricity, that human connection, really connecting with people, doing business with them because you know that you're not there just for a paycheck, but actually giving a shit. Because when yeah. shit hits the fan for them, I'm here to help you. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that's going to take a hit for you, but I'll help you. You know what I found out is when you do that, those are actually the biggest payoffs that you have. Not because it's for money reasons, but because you're building genuine relationships yeah. with people. And, and that's, that's exactly right. it. Yeah. Exactly. Genuine relationships. Those, those are unfortunately a rarity for a lot of people nowadays. Genuine yeah. relationships. It's, we've become a society of takers. We, we want people to fill us and, and to, to yeah. make us feel better and to, and to take care of us, but we don't think about taking care of others, you know? Yeah. And so for sure, genuine is, is a key word in that. Absolutely. It's a two way street, I, I think. So, you know, I want to go back to, as you were sharing your story, that, you know, you sort of had this, you know, epiphany and realization of like, who's really your friend, you know, mm -hmm. what was going through your mind at that time? Like, cause I know you had to be, you know, you're 17. Yes. It's a blessing. You're going to become a mom, but guess what? The 200 plus friends that you had in your contact list probably didn't all feel the same way because suddenly Lisa can go out and party. Yeah. You know, because, you know, as you progress, you know, with your, with your, uh, your pregnancy also is like, your time becomes less and less available because your priorities change in life. Now you have a human being, you know, to take care of and you realize that 
well, from there, there's much more to life than what I've been doing thus far. And guess what? The people that I've hung around with is to them, that's not a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want to have fun. They just want to drink, smoke, party. Right. And as long as you're doing that, you know, then you're fitting in their circle. Mm-hmm. You're no longer a part of their circle. What did that feel like? And, and like, what did you do about that? Like, how did that impact your life? It was amazing in hindsight. In the moment, I, I didn't, I was affected by it and then I wasn't. Because to be honest, I was 17. I was working for a mortgage company that was an hour and a half commute away. So it was three hours a day just driving and I was working 10 hour days. And so I was working 10 hour days, saving every penny, preparing for my baby and preparing for my future. And so I didn't have a lot of extra free time as it was, which made it a little bit better. It was easier to pivot. But what that was and what that led to is that was one of the separator moments in my life. Now, we all will have various times where we have moments of separation in our life and and we choose how we want to handle it. This was a separator for me and it was a separator in a positive way. Right. I was able to take a step out of that life. I was able to take a step forward in my life. And, and it separated me from the people that I had been engaged with and where they were and where their mentality was. But I, I, I took a step forward and it wasn't a step forward as in I'm better than you in judgment, but it's a step forward as in my life is changing and it's looking different. And I'm going to start taking care of myself better. I'm going to be a mother for this little girl and I'm going to be taking care of her. Uh, and so all that changed. And then I even, then this, I was 18 when I had her. So I had just turned 18. She was born two months later. And when she was six months old, I found out that I was pregnant again. And so then I had my second daughter, Alexa, when I was 19. So at 19, I was a mother of a 20 month old little girl and a four month old little girl. And I had just moved into my own apartment and I was working full time as a single mom, taking care of two little girls. Now the guy who I had dated during that time, their father went downhill. He started, he didn't use that as a time to separate and to kind of step up. He used it as a time to just get further into the life of partying, drinking, and then he further got into drugs and, and things just went downhill for him, unfortunately. So that was again, a separator to where now I'm on my own, got full custody of my girls when my youngest was four months and um, just basically worked full time, work on taking care of my little girls. And I remained a single mother for about seven years from that point on. Well, first of all, I have to say that um, I'm, I'm cheering you on for that and applaud you for that, you know, for like really stepping up to the plate because Let's face it. I mean, when you're 18 years old, you're so young, especially, you know, like you, there's so much uncertainty, you know, and and you question, like, you don't know if you're, you're, you're so young, period. You're just so young that you don't know if you're doing what you're doing is the right thing or the wrong thing. And the fact that you stepped up, you know, is in the indication that I think that that was sort of the beginning of everything that you were, or the way you were going to pursue your life based on the actions you, you, you were going to take. So meaning positive actions, you know, to where, you know, like you stepped up, you realize, okay, I have to be a mom. I have to step up. I have to take care of my kids. You know, the guy I was with, you know, totally, you know, went da- downhill. So taking responsibility, you know, and at the age of 18, a lot of people don't. In fact, I think that's the age usually when, you know, uh, you know males and females that go through life transforming events 
whether to become fathers. And I actually had a guy on the podcast before this, he became a father at the age of 16, you know, that like they're life changers. And they feel like, you know, that's, that's such a, um, what's the word that I'm looking for is just that it's such a huge obstacle for them that they're unwilling to overcome. And they feel like it's a, a life determining event. And it is, it is, but you have two choices. One is you dwell on it or two, you step up to it and you figure out how you make it work. And that's what you did. So you were working full time. You took responsibility. You know, you became a parent at 18, like, like full responsibility, which a lot of people don't do. I mean, I remember when I was younger, I was that age and some of my peers, you know, became younger mothers, younger fathers. And I remember how challenging that was, you know, going, going through that because they just didn't know how to handle it. That's just it. So like, okay, so you're going through this, you know, you had the issue obviously with the church and all of that made some bad decisions, all of this, like what happened after that? Like, you know, did you just wake up one day and had a huge epiphany and realized you know, I want more out of life or what happened after that? Uh, so after that, basically I had, um, and just so you know, I had had the problem with the youth pastor. I had kind of rebelled during that time, but my heart always loved the Lord. And I still walk with the Lord, even if my actions didn't always show it. Yeah. Uh, and so, so that was always a firm foundation in my life. And, and then when I was 25, actually I was 24, I connected with my now husband and we got married when I was 25 and with, with him and kind of before that I was dabbling and going back to church off and on. And I just wasn't consistent all the time, but with him and I, we did get a lot more consistent. Mm -hmm. And it was in that time, um, that I was, I was still working full time. We were raising our girls and then a couple years into it we had my first son. And so when we added our son to the family, it had been on our heart for me to stay home as a full-time mom. I had to work full-time with my girls. And so to be able to be home uh, for good was a huge blessing and something that we really wanted. So I had just stopped working. I had just stayed home with my kids. I had my son, I had a second son. And just after I had my second son, I, I had grown up in Seattle, Washington. And I just felt this pressing on my heart, just this urgency that I needed to move and sell my house and leave everyone and everything I've ever known and move over to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And so I bought a house that I had never seen. And I followed this huge faith journey that was really kind of this God-led journey that took me to Coeur d'Alene. And I had no idea why I was going there, but I followed and we sold our house. I left my friends, my family, everyone and went to Coeur d'Alene, a place we had never even visited before. We didn't know anyone there. And so this was just this wild journey. Show up in Coeur d'Alene to this house that we had never seen, and it was better than I had expected it to be, thankfully, <laughs> right? And, and we started our new life here, and it felt like home from day one. But I didn't know why God had called me here. I didn't know what the reason was. Right. And about a year later, I got involved with our, with our local youth group at church. And I had a group 
of seventh grade girls that I was their youth leader for. And I had told the youth group, I said, I want all the bad girls. Give me all the bad girls that you guys have, right? <laughs> like I want them all because it was redemption for my life and for someone looking at me saying that I'm not good enough. I'm going to take these girls and they're going to know that they're good enough because your actions don't define your heart. You can make bad decisions and you could still be an amazing person that has a good heart and good intentions and you've made mistakes because I make those mistakes constantly and it doesn't mean I'm less of a person because of it. And so I said, give me all these bad girls that you got. And, and boy, did they answer <laughs> because I, I had this group of, of seventh grade girls and they were at the age of 12, they were like what I was at 16. Right. And so, you know, some are fist fighting, one's punching another one's cell phone recording it. One's coming to group stoned every night. Like, you know, they're a mix of girls, but oh my gosh, these girls were just my heart. They're amazing. I adore them. I love them. I'm still connected with them. I still take them out to lunch every now and then, not often enough. Um, but they all got kicked out of youth group, which was horrifying, which was terrible. Yeah. Um, but it was in that moment of, of leading them and, and having them on my heart that I had gone through just before that depression with my weight and my looks because I had had my fourth child and I didn't rebound back after number four like I had with my others. So I was now, I was carrying extra weight. I was stressed. I'm full-time stay-at-home mom with two kids, just moved to a new state. And I was just feeling really down and depressed and, and mm -hmm. you know, just kind of not, not hopeless, but just really hating myself, right? Every time I'd put on clothes, I'd look in the mirror, I'd cry. I'd put on like three or four different outfits and just think like, how can I cover up my fat arms and hide my stomach and all these things, right? Like I was just yeah. hating myself. And, and I realize now what important, valuable time that was because my heart and my passion is to empower others. And I needed to know what it feels like to wake up and to look at yourself in the mirror and to hate what you look like. I needed to know how it felt to, to feel like you're trying everything you can and your body's not changing and how depressing and disappointing it is, right? And, and so I had found during the time I was leading these girls, I had found a passion in fitness. Yeah. I had started weightlifting. And, and for me, I, I'm against the mentality that girls should do yoga and Pilates and lift two pound weight. <laughs> like I hate that stuff. And if you see any, any workout images of women online, they're always carrying like a two pound weight and a little stretchy band. And I'm like, freaking pick up a deadlift. Like, come on women. And so this just kills me. But for me, it was, it yeah. was weightlifting and being in the gym. I felt empowered. I felt empowered. In fact, I didn't know that word at the time. I just said, I felt like a badass. Well, <laughs> but I said, you know, it's yeah. because like yeah. I, you could see the results of what you're doing, right? You could see this and I could, I could say, oh, I can't go more than, than 12 reps on this. And I'm like, then you're going to do 13 or 14. And I push myself more. Right. And so the confidence you get from knowing that you're working on yourself completely outweighs the results because I hadn't changed a pound and I hadn't lost an inch, but simply by showing up and taking the time to do the work, yep. my mind completely transformed and my confidence completely transformed.
And I, I want to segue to your business, Empower Nation, mm-hmm. but I want to take a few steps back. Uh, first of all, I have to say your Instagram videos of doing your exercises are like, like they speak great lengths to what you just said. Like it, it just <laughs> totally you. outweighs of like the traditional couple of pounds. Oh, it's like, here's you like lifting some massive amounts of weight. And I'm like, this is someone that's like doing the work. You know, this is someone that's like, like you said, is showing up and doing the work. They're not worried about how many inches am I going to lose? How many pounds am I going to lose? What am I going to look like? They just, it starts from the inside out, right? 100%, yeah. But I want to go back to when you were talking about those bad girls and the bad decisions Mm -hmm. for a second before we go and talk about Empower Nation because I I think what you're doing is amazing. And um, in fact, with everything that's going on with politics right now, is it's even more of a significance that yeah. we, we need to really invest in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to go back to when you're talking about bad girls and bad decisions because yeah. um, I'm one of those people that have made a lot of bad decisions. In fact, I've made bad decisions today. And it, it, I think in a way, and you're actually the second person today, actually, to give me some sense of closure to make me realize that, you know what, exactly like you said, you can be a good person even if you make bad decisions because yeah. we are all imperfect. and you know, I've had my own journey, you know, with God also and enlightenment and, and miracles because both of my kids are IVF kids. In a time when I, we couldn't have kids, we ended up having kids. And so definitely been down that path. And I just have to remind myself, though, on days like today that you're going to make bad decisions, you're going to screw up, but that doesn't mean you're a bad human being. Yeah. Because deep in your heart, you know that you're imperfect. But you acknowledge that when the rest of society does not. They want to be perfect because, let's face it, let's talk about social media. What do you see more of on social media? Perfections. You don't see imperfections, right? right? You see, like, if you go on Instagram, especially, it's like you see all these perfect images of people, especially in the fitness industry. Makes you wonder, right? Where's the imperfections? You know, Mm -hmm. show me that. And so when you were talking about these bad girls and bad choices, it's like, I think you recognize that these are human beings, you know, and that takes a lot in a person to recognize because most people look at what's everybody else doing, doing good and great and excelling at, but what about the people that are not, that are making mistakes? Because those are the people that actually end up being some of the most successful people because I don't know about you, but any successful person that I have met has gone through a great amount of adversity. I'm talking about, you know, ex-drug dealers or been in jail or ex-cons or whatnot. And I'm like, so then it's like, okay, maybe my mistakes are not so bad of these people's, but it's essential to you being a human being, whether you're a male or female. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. You're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And it's important to be accountable, to learn from those mistakes. Hopefully you don't make those mistakes. So I, I think you, you were a great role model for these, uh, for these women, you know, in this uh, youth group that you mentioned, because I think that's exactly what they needed. Mm-hmm. They needed well, those are, those are my girls. I love, I just love those girls. I adore them. Every time, every time I connect with them, I tell them how much I love them. They tell me they love me too. And I just, I adore them. They're my life. And so, and, and I didn't wrap that up either. So I'll, I'll wrap that up and kind of close that out, which was, as I was leading them and I found empowerment and in fitness and at the same time was finding personal development books and strategies and just really learning how to own yourself, dive deeper into yourself, strengthen your mind, you know, go towards goals, all these, all these different concepts. 
um, I had seen these girls and gosh, I, I saw myself in them. Right. And I saw that same brokenness, wanting to be valued and loved and, and to have others see them the way that I saw them to, to love them and to know that they're not defined by, by certain aspects in their life. And when you, when you understood some of their home life and some other aspects too, you, you don't question as much why they made some poor decisions and, and to know that these are, these are amazing women. These are amazing young women. And, and so on my heart in that moment, one day I was sitting there and, and I just saw the pain that they were in and I saw the love that they just desired to have. And, and I challenged them. I was the, probably the most challenging person in their life. Their parents let them do so much more, but we're friends on Instagram and, and we you know, we yeah. text and I'm like, I'm like, girl, why are you wearing that shirt? You are 12 years old. You better pull that thing up. You are showing too much skin. And, and I'd give them a hard time and I challenge them but they knew I loved them yeah. and, and they loved me for it. And it was because my heart was for them. And so I had in this moment, this, this sense of like, all of a sudden this voice in my head just said, just said, you're going to start a business that's going to save these girls. You're going to start a business that's going to empower these girls and not just these girls, but, but everybody, because we all live in this sense of complacency and the complacency, the lie that we have is the biggest lie that society faces, which is, Oh, you're just supposed to go with the flow. You're supposed to just do a nine to five job, do high school, college, have employment, get married, have kids, check the boxes. You grow old, say goodbye. Hopefully you lived a good life and that's it. That is absolutely not what life is meant to be. I agree. Because each and every single person has a powerful gift inside of them and they are made for a reason. And those gifts are made to be used here on earth and in our life and in our time for the benefit of others, not for you to harbor and to go home and, and binge watch Netflix. That is not what your gifts are meant for, right? And so when God put that on my heart and he's like, you are going to bring this to the world and you are going to empower them with this. My first thought is like, you're crazy. I never thought that I'd start a business. I finally just got to be a stay at home mom. Like, why would I start a business now? And so I kind of jokingly go, okay, God, if I'm really going to start a business, at least give me a name for it. And right away, the word goes empower in my mind. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. All right. You gave me a name. I guess I better get to work. And so that, that started it. And it was several years, about four years of growing and learning. And from that moment on, I just had this insatiable desire to learn and dive into everything. I can't even tell you how many thousands of hours of material I've consumed, all the pages and pages of notes, everything that I've dove into and I've learned and continued in my fitness and to kind of bring everything together for then the company that I've since built Empower Nation yeah. to serve that purpose. Well, I think a couple of things I want to chat about is I think you, you've experienced a true calling <clears throat> and a lot of people true calling, like when you were talking about that, like you said, God, can you at least give me a name? And <laughs> you knew there was something, you knew that you had a purpose, like something was calling you something much bigger than you that was going to affect and, and, and impact people around you. But you, you didn't quite know what that was. And I think the word empower has such strength because mm -hmm you know, it invigorates people, right? Empowerment right. is such a bold, uh, empowers such a bold word because yeah. it also uplifts people, you know, mm -hmm. encourages them, gives them hope. And let's face it, as human beings, we do live on hope. Mm 
-hmm. you know, it's like every day. And suddenly you realize, and, and it's interesting because I want to talk more about the fitness side of it in the yeah. business too, is just that because I'm one of those people that I've had my share of failures, I don't know how many times. And as you were talking about the calling and starting the business and in your life and you kind of realize that it's like, you know, if, when you find your true calling and your true purpose, I mean, it, it's so satisfying. It's so fulfilling, mm -hmm. you know, fulfilling, but it also gives you a sense of happiness because, you know, and I'm a firm believer of this is that if you wake up every day doing what you love, there won't be a day in your life where you feel like you're working because right. you're doing something that has a meaning and a purpose. And yeah. I know for me personally, I've struggled with this for a long time because maybe because I'm in the marketing space and such a saturated space. And like, I couldn't really find like, is this fulfilling? I mean, am I doing this for money or am I doing it because I want to help people? And then when you really realizing like kind of diffuse the minutia of the world and you realize you're doing this for the right reasons, like that has some great lengths. And then that's why you started Empower Nation is because you wanted to help people. We're doing it because, you know, 60% of Americans are obese, over 60% maybe, but you were doing it because you truly wanted to change the lives of people. And yeah you know, and fitness and, and just, just really finding yourself, which fitness is really at the core of that. I mean, and we'll talk more about this too in a second, but, you know, making people realize that that needs to be a core component of your life, right. you know? And, and I know personally of any successful person that I've studied is like fitness is really at the core. Like they, they almost have like this routine every day. Like they, they either exercise early or late in the afternoon and they go through these sequences and I'm like, Okay, well, you know, nobody in my family exercised, you know, so like I started exercising and I started smoking when I was 16 years old, you know, and then I quit and then like, it's just I just coast through life basically for like another seven years until yeah. I figured out that like, I probably should exercise, which seven years ago when I started cycling, even to this day, I have no freaking idea of why that even happened. But now seven years later, then I didn't know. Now I know that it's for a mind shift. It's for, a, uh, for a, a mind transformation and clarity and focus. And that's why I do it, literally. And it's almost like an addiction in a way to where like over the summertime, if I don't cycle once or twice per week, I, I think I feel lost. And I used, to, I used to guilt trip myself over that and be like, all right, Ivan, you can't go out and do a 30-mile ride because you got to finish some client work. No, you need to go out and ride because it's going to help you yeah, and pushing forward, and like, yeah. I still struggle with this because, like, especially right now, I want to, sh you know, segue into the fitness portion. Is I just started this new program two weeks ago, which is like a nutritional thing. Trying to go to the gym five, six days a week, mind you, like I've barely made it to the gym a couple of days per week, let alone five <laughs> or or six days a week. Like a big ask, yeah. It is a big ask, but. The more I do it, Lisa, the more I realize of how much more I'm capable of doing. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what I think in a way of what you're doing with Empower Nation, right? It's like empowering people to realize that fitness is it's more than just getting in shape. Fitness is about transforming yourself into the person that you always aspired to be. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, let's talk more about Empower Nation and kind of the mission and the purpose behind it. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but that's that's what I, you know, translate Empower into is like, how do you become the best person, the person you always aspire to be, but the person that you maybe didn't pursue because what the world told you that you should do. 
and you didn't do, mm-hmm. or you should be doing the complete opposite of what. So let's talk about Empower Nation. You know, let's share a little bit about, obviously it was your calling to help empower people, but you know, how do you, how do you go about that? Is it just like a fitness routine or is it more of like a, uh, a mind transformation or how do you exactly go about doing that? Yeah. And, and you know, for me, gosh, it stems to this. It is, you are not pursuing the person that you aspire to be. For me, I see it differently. I see it as you are already this powerful, capable person inside of you. You were already made tremendously powerful with unique gifts. And all of that has been in you all along. But what happens throughout our lives, throughout the experiences that, that we have, throughout throughout social pressures, throughout hardships and heartaches, everything else, we put up these layers on us. And whether those layers physically put weight on our body, whether those layers weigh us down with stress, whether those layers change our mindset, cause more anxiety, cause more depression, start to affect us in different ways, these layers pile over this incredible, powerful person that we were from day one. And so throughout the course of our lives, we now have all this extra baggage. And my mission in empowering someone is to rip all these extra layers off and to reveal the powerful you of who you have been all along and who you were made to be. And the way that we do it is exactly what you said, which is fitness is the foundation, right? It is a foundation, but it is tied and integrated with you cannot be your best unless you are taking care of your body, your mind, and your health. These things are interconnected. You can go to the gym. Do you know how many people go to the gym and aesthetically on the outside look fit and they are a wreck in their mind and their health is horrifying because they're eating junk crap food, just getting their protein levels in and and carb cycling and running and, and the whole thing to where you can outwardly appear good and inwardly be a broken mess. And so for me, it's it's a combination, which is fitness is exciting because it's what we were talking about. You don't have to change an inch on your body. You are physically doing the work. You know that you have put in the work. Not only does it release the endorphins and the dopamine that, that it's gonna make you feel good as you're doing it and as you finish, you feel proud of yourself. You actually have a chemical release that makes you feel better. But, but you put in the work and you feel it. And so that is a powerful place when, and, and success is measured in so many ways. The scale is one of the worst ways to measure it, though it's still a form of measurement. But when you can go up in your weight and you go from lifting this to lifting that, when, when you feel yourself being stronger, when your heart rate doesn't jump up as you're doing something anymore because your body's getting more conditioned, you feel all these things and you feel proud of yourself because of it. So, so what my program does is it lays out a weekly fitness program. So you have five workouts each week. Each workout takes about 30 to 45 minutes and it kind of varies on skill level so that you could do bonus exercises as well if you feel ready for them. But if you're just starting out, the most important thing you can do for yourself is just show up and develop the habit. You don't have to go hard and kill yourself. You just show up each day and just know that you're starting to build the habit and be proud of yourself for showing up and just doing the minimal amount that's required, right? So it has the foundation of fitness. But what I care most about is someone's mind. I care about their mind and I care about their heart and I care about how they feel inside. So each week it focuses on a different topic. 
that really dives into someone's own personal growth and development. Um, for instance, week one, you really have to know why it is you're doing it. I think too many people jump into wanting to change their life or, or doing a diet plan or jumping on keto or, or whatever other diets are out there, right? And then they're, they're doing these different fitness programs and, and that's great. I, I tried the same thing, but if you don't really know what you're doing it for, um, you're not going to really stay consistent and saying, Oh, I'm doing it to, to lose 20 pounds and to look good in a bathing suit. That's not a reason that's going to get you there every day. So you really have to break it down and, and even do like a, there's a seven layers, um, question that you can do where you basically ask yourself why you're doing it seven times. And as you go a layer deeper into that, why each time it really leads you to your reason, which is you're not just wanting to lose 20 pounds. You want the freedom and the confidence to not even worry about what you look like. You want the freedom and confidence to just be present in the moment to wear whatever clothes you want to, to not have to worry about what you look, to not put that pressure on yourself. You want that empowerment to just be you and to be healthy and active and able to do these things or keep up with your kids. These things are the things that are going to drive you to succeeding each day and each week and showing up saying you just want to look good in a bathing suit might get you to show up a couple times and then you're going to stop. And so it's really diving into the heart of a person and the mindset of a person so that you're connected and empowered along with your fitness journey. And then, of course, tying all of that together is your nutrition. Now, I am not a believer in any diet, um, but there is beneficial and non-beneficial ways that you can eat and things that help your body and things that hurt your body. And a lot of these, a lot of this information is convoluted. Everything is accessible on the internet. You can find all this information now, right. but there's so much biased information that to find credible information on what you should do in personal growth and nutrition, you are digging through junk for hours and hours and hours trying to piece together what's really credible, what's really factual, what's more than just an opinion. Um, and so I've done that work because these are things that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about fitness. I'm passionate about personal empowerment and I'm passionate about nutrition and, and the well-being of your mind and body because I think it is a failure to achieve physical success and be broken mentally or be broken nu nutritionally. Um, I'm just not okay with that. And so I want someone that throughout my program that they are empowered physically but they are even more empowered mentally and their health has never been better that they feel good from the inside out fully and completely. So it, it doesn't tell people, it doesn't give people a strict diet plan on what to eat. It doesn't say do this, don't do that, but it guides people and being able to start to bring in better habits and decisions along the way. Because if you make a 180 pivot, you're not going to stay on that path. It's about in bringing in small changes along the way and building up habits and adding to them so that it's long-term and sustainable. It's not a short-term quick fix, lose 20 pounds diet plan. You know, it, this is about, I want to empower people from this moment on for the rest of their life. Um, so there's a couple of things I wanted to touch upon <clears throat> that, that you mentioned that I think are extremely important. Um, when you were talking about fitness and the purpose and the, you know, it, it's, it's more than just wanting to look good, you know, uh, in a bathing suit, basically, you know, and that kind of takes me back to like, for example, I just did carnivore in September, 
And I lost 10 pounds on that, even though I had my share of screw-ups. I still lost 10 pounds on it. But then I realized that, you know, that wasn't even a sustainable thing. Even though the person I was working with, he's been doing that for 240 days now. Mm -hmm. So he has really embraced that. And that made me realize, well, for me, it wasn't sustainable because I don't think I just felt connected to it. And that's why I decided to shift. Prior to that, I did isogenics. And I lost 20 pounds in isogenics, but it wasn't sustainable. And I realized that it was actually insanely expensive. Also, you know, on the on the amount that, you know, I was spending basically per month. Because, sure. yes, it was controlled, but that was just said it wasn't sustainable. But really at the core, Lisa, for me, it was like, okay, great. I think it would be nice to see a six-pack. I haven't seen it in 22 years probably the last time. But honestly, is that the only thing that I want? And then I realized that – it's about feeling good. Yeah. It's about feeling good about yourself. It's about gaining confidence. And suddenly it got me thinking to, okay, why do I cycle twice a week? And it's because it makes me feel good and gives me confidence. Okay. Why now when I go to the gym, I'm getting more connected with the exercises and, and, and the physical work that I do. It's because it gives me confidence. It's building my confidence. The confidence has been something for me that I've struggled with for a long time because all through high school being bullied, like I just had no confidence, I think, you know, after that. And it was a huge struggle uh, rebuilding that, you know, and really realizing that, I mean, what else can I say about that? So like the more and more, like you were saying, sustainability and true purpose, and not just because you want to look better in a, in a, in a bathing suit, Right. Uh, it's because you have a true connection to that. Now, that's a real sense of empowerment, you know, and that's why what I started doing two weeks ago, sure, I have to eat every three hours, but it's a lot more normal than when I was doing carnivore or when I was doing isogenics, and it's a lot more manageable, and not to mention is that it's not as crazy expensive, yeah. you know, because I'm not going to lie to you. I just got back into the gym a couple of weeks ago because ever since COVID hit, uh, well, gyms were closed, at least out here in St. Louis, and, and then they opened back up. But it was like middle of the summer, and middle of the summer, I didn't want to go to the gym. I was like, I'll just, you know, pedal 35 miles, you know, twice a week, and yeah. that exhilaration. And yeah. I found out that, that that gave me a sense of purpose. And I realized, but now when I got back to the gym, even though, like, this is the second week, and I'm, like, here panting, I'm, like, three days back to back and like I'm sore I'm tired my back hurts and but suddenly I realized like okay you're doing something here you know like this is gonna have merit you're you're gonna be thankful for this and one of my other challenges is like guilt tripping myself you know as an entrepreneur because Mm -hmm. you know I'm a father I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old and I have a wife and a crazy hours for a business and it feels like I'm always working seven days a week and being in the marketing industry, it feels like I'm always at my laptop, you know, doing something, you know, like the client work or personal branding or this or that or a podcast. Mm-hmm. And then you realize like, okay, Ivan, like you're back into the gym, you're putting some sense and purpose into your life. You know, you're feeling better about yourself. And at the epicenter of it is fitness. Because I used to be very active 20 years ago. I, I love going to the gym. I did. And then similar to what you were saying, mad, bad choices, started hanging around with the bad people. And suddenly you got that skepticism and negativity that started building up, building up. And so it's like, 
nah, why should I go to a gym? I don't need to exercise, you know? Uh, I'll just I'll just eat a little bit better. Well, you do that for like a day maybe, and then right. you go back to like like me. Honestly, I used to eat fast food for as long as I could remember. I mean, high metabolism was something I could get away with, but now being forty, it's like Ivan, you can't get away with high metabolism anymore. No, <laughs> it's not going to work. You know, right. and I I even I mean I love having a glass of wine. I do. Yeah. That was in part why I struggled because when I did carnivore, it was like. Can I drink once per week? Like, is that realistic? I mean, I, I, I love having a glass of red wine. I yeah. do. Maybe because I'm an Eastern European, but I do. And so, like, when you were talking about sustainability and confidence and really, you know, feeling good about yourself, it's more than just trying to look good in, in a bathing suit. Because I think that's what most people do. And you were talking about earlier on, too, like, you, you know, you go to the gym. And so I work out at Planet Fitness. And it's like, mm -hmm the judgment-free zone is kind of like part of their slogan, right? Well, you'll see Hulkamania walk about once in a while, right? Yeah. And it kind of creates a sense of intimidation because you kind of put you on the spot and you're like, holy shit, I'm not even half as fit as this dude, you know? Right. But then you see him, like, you're over to the free weights. Now, usually when I'm at the free weights, I have to do sets. I can do yeah. three or four sets, you know, yeah. of like 10 or 12 or 15 reps, however many, right? Right. So you see a whole Comania or somebody else that comes in and they pick up weights and they do like, you know, maybe 10 reps and then they're done. Right. And they just walk away. And suddenly like the 10 people that were in front of the free weights, like suddenly you're the only one there. Now in the beginning I was like, what am I doing wrong? Why am I the only person here? Like, like do I smell bad? Like, you know, do, 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 like why do people disappear? And then I realized that I'm the only one doing the work. You know, you're the only one that's putting in the time. You're only the only yeah. one that's putting in the reps. Right. You know what? That's that's a huge confidence builder because he makes you realize that. And and maybe this because I, I looked at it from this standpoint because of someone who was bullied in high school, you know, had low self-esteem also that I used to think like, well, I'm doing something wrong. You know, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. No, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you're working yeah. on yourself. You're building your self-esteem, your self-confidence, uh, feeling good about yourself. And then, and then suddenly, like, you attract that energy, too. It's amazing. Like, you start attracting. And that's why you're on the podcast, in part, is because you start to attract people who have uh, – it's like that energy, I think. Or maybe it's, it's God putting certain people in your life. But it's amazing what happens and the right. transformation that it creates. So – you know, it's, it's, it's realizing that I think is very fulfilling for me. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, how important fitness is. And it's not just about, well, I'm just going to get fit. So I look better in a bathing yeah. suit. No, it's yeah. about what it's going to do here for exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, so I really, really like, you know, what you're doing with that, with Empower Nation and how you're guiding people to help realize that this is more than just a fitness journey. You know, uh, it, it's more than just going to the gym and, you know, putting in your reps or even just, you know, eating better, you know, for the sake of losing some pounds because I've been there, you know, yeah. and I know that's not the way to go because if you don't have a connection to a purpose, to a calling, if you're not doing it for the right reasons, if you're not doing it to have more fulfillment, mind transformation, you're not going to succeed. Right. You're going to fail. Well, and, and, you know, and most people, and here's the thing too, most people try to do too much too soon and for the wrong reasons. 
And so people don't have time nowadays. They just, they don't have time. Time is our most valuable commodity. We can never get more of it. We all have the exact same amount. And if you are working full time or you're taking care of your kids full time and you're trying to take care of your house and you're trying to take care of your business and your family and whatever else you have going on, you're left with very little time for you. And so it feels selfish to make a decision to put you forward in this time where you have very little of, but it couldn't be more backwards because you don't have the best to give of yourself to anybody if you're not creating the best self in the process. And so if I am not, if I'm not taking care of myself mentally and physically and nutritionally, and I am not creating the very best version of myself, then I am taking that away from my husband. I'm taking that away from my kids. I'm taking that away from every relationship in my life. I'm taking that away from the amount of work and how good I am pouring into my work. If I'm not feeling my best, I'm not giving my best and I'm not doing my best. And so that's another piece of it is empower nation is it's taking all the stuff that we need to be doing, but it's pulling it together and it's giving it to people on a weekly basis that you just have a couple simple steps that you're doing as far as like your mental growth and development. And then it talks to you about nutrition and then you have your workout plan knowing exactly what you should do each week. So it's spoon feeding tiny little steps that you don't have to think about these things. You don't have to think about what book do I need to be reading and how to be growing my mind and how to do this. And and what do I eat with nutrition and, and what do I do with my fitness? Like I'll feed that to you in just little bits, just show up each week and just the little things that are there and your life will be completely transformed and you will feel completely empowered because these are the things you know you need to do and I'll bring it to you so that you don't have to think about it and you don't have to spend the time, but you deserve to be your best and every single person around you and, and the world needs you at your best because you have a mission and a purpose and, and the world needs that from you. No one else has what you have. No one else has your mindset, your experiences, the way that you see the world, the giftings that you have, they need you. No one else is going to fill your spot. And so you have to be your best so that you could be the best you to give that to the people who who need that. You know, um, you mentioned something that um, I wanted to touch upon is uh, your best is what you were just saying, because this, I think, has been probably a struggle of mine for a very long time, especially with fitness. And I think that's in part why I've had so much inconsistency. Like, I'll go through like these sprints, it seems like, like three, four, six, eight, nine months, and then I'll Mm -hmm. just have a complete plateau uh, after that. Or at least that has been kind of like my track record, you know? And uh, I, I, I realized that it's because I've gotten too deep inside my mind. I'll give you an example. It's like, um, as an entrepreneur, there's, there's always deliverables for clients that I have. And in right. part of trying to expand my business is this, that, you know, there's always something that's due, literally. I mean, like, I'm trying to find more hours and minutes. It seems like there's never enough. And yeah. days and weeks and months. And then yeah. it goes on and on and on and on, right? And I kind of get into these debuckles of like tedious decision making that like, all right, I can go to the gym and, you know, throw around, sling some weights, you know, for like an hour, an hour and a half. That's like my typical, you know, workout sessions about an hour, an hour and a half, you know, leg day is usually about 45 minutes. I can get through that an hour, maybe because it's not as tedious, you know, like chest and arms, you know, like usually a lot longer. Right. But 
I, I come into these like tough decisions like, okay, I've got a deliverable for a client and it's, is it because I don't want to do it? And I try to, uh, I try to exit to go into the gym or is it because I feel frustrated? Is it because I feel overwhelmed? You know, and like that is literally, that is literally one of my biggest challenges is because but what I find is when I go to the gym, like it's, it's like I free myself almost. It's, it's about as, I wouldn't say as close to cycling. That's why I cycle like crazy is yeah. because it creates a sense of exhilaration. Like you said, if you can't be at your best, the world needs you to your best. But am I exiting because I know I need to work on myself? And if I don't work on myself, then how can I, you know, be beneficial to my clients, yeah. you know, if I'm not working at my best? So it's like this, this challenge, this gap, like almost this gray area that gets created. It's like, all right, should I just exit to the gym for about an hour and a half? Like, put down what you're doing. You know, step away from the computer. Let's face it, I've got a $300 chair for a reason because I sit in it for hours per day. Actually, yeah. not, you know, because I'm, I'm almost glued to the computer every day. But then is it I need to step away because I need to accelerate, I need to free my mind for an hour, an hour and a half. And when I come back, I'll be refreshed. Mm-hmm. I'll feel better. That right there, Lisa, is probably one of the biggest challenges because, you know, as a mother, as a mother, also as a parent, you know, you're dealing with the multiple things, right? Oh, yeah. Well, how do you prioritize that? I mean, I'd love to hear your take on that because, you know, you're a mother, you're a business owner, you're a wife, you know, it's, let's face it, those are three full-time jobs in itself. Oh, and add to that teach. Sure, no, as well. I get to homeschool as well. Oh, all the craziness. Yeah, oh and teacher. So, so my husband and I each own our own businesses, completely different industries, unrelated. He's in construction and I am doing personal empowerment, fitness, nutrition. Okay. So we have two full-time businesses while raising four kids with six pets. Okay. And, and I'm a full-time teacher for my two youngest sons who are six and seven. And my high schooler girls are also home because they've had to do e-schooling because of all the COVID chaos. Um, And so I didn't want my boys to have to go to school full time wearing masks all day long. So I am homeschooling them, which has been an interesting thing because I I didn't want to do it at all. (laughs) I didn't want to. But... I found I got a lot more work done when I wasn't also a full-time teacher because it's a hard shift. It's a hard shift to wake up as mom, take care of kids as mom, switch to teacher, teach for a few hours, then switch to business owner and get focused on my business before I switch back to mom to take care of dinner and the house and the kids and everyone else, put them in bed, and then I switch back to business owner until one, two, three in the morning. So it's, yeah. I know what you mean. Like you feel like you never have enough time in the day. Things are kind of crazy. I wish I could tell you I had a, a, everything a little bit more systemized, but I don't yet. It's something that's actually something I'm going to do this weekend because on top of that, I'm also doing 70 hard right now as well for the second time, oh, wow. which is, which is, uh, and that, that's pretty fun. I'll tell you about that in a moment. Cause that was actually pretty fun, but It's good because I'm demanding the most from myself, right? So I'll actually, 75 hard for anyone who hasn't heard of it. Um, Our mentors, Ivan and I, our mentors are are Ed Milet and Andy Frisella. And Andy Frisella had created this program. And it is a mental toughness program that requires you do two 45-minute workouts every day. But one of those has to be outdoors. 
You have to drink a gallon of water. You have to take a progress photo every day. You have to read 10 pages in some kind of personal development book each day as well. Right. Um, and I don't know if I'm missing anything on that list. I think I covered it. But basically, you have to do all those things every day for 75 days straight. You can't have, oh, and you have to follow a diet and uh, zero cheats and zero alcohol. That's kind of key as well. <laughs> and so you do that for 75 days straight. You can't mess up one time, one day, or you go back to the beginning. So my husband and I decided, just like on a whim, yeah. on New Year's Eve, we're tapping our wine glasses and we're like, so you want to do 75 hard tomorrow? And we're like, sure. And so we're like, chug your wine because at midnight it's on, baby. And so midnight hit and we're, of course, right on to 75 hard. Yeah. Did it, followed through every day, uh, finished March 15th, jumped on to phase one, did that twice. And um, then we thought, hey, let's end the year with 75 hard. We started it let's end with it. And so my 75th day will be on December 31st. And so I am literally starting and ending the year with it. Now, the reason I bring it up is because you'd think, oh my gosh, I, I just launched a new company in August. Mm -hmm. I was running 30 people through my program, kind of testing everything out. That was crazy. And then I'm trying to homeschool two kids now, which I've never homeschooled before and figured that out while running my business in my house. And helping my husband who's working 80 hour weeks, right? And so it's like, it's madness. Let's go ahead and add 75 hard into it. What that does though, is it forces your priorities. It forces your hand to put those things first. The yeah. exact thing that you were saying, Ivan, about work and fitness and then going to the gym. Gosh, I was too busy. I was too busy and I had too much going on to, force myself to work out each day, though I love it and I'm passionate about it. I enjoy it. It was still like, oh, but I have so much to do. And that's the caveat. It's a catch 22 because you think I have so much to do. Therefore, I don't have time to invest in myself. But when you force that time to invest in yourself, whether it's reading, praying, meditating, working out, things that are going to be beneficial for you yeah. physically and mentally, right? That, that if you force that for yourself, you then come back from that, bringing a better version of you to what you're doing. And you're able to do the work that I may have stretched out for two hours. I now bang that out in 30 minutes because I am a, in a more clear mental state. And so you actually gain more time in your day by taking time for yourself because it puts you in an entirely different mindset. And so I, I have a pretty good system down as far as you know, in the mornings, I, I homeschool my boys till, you know, nine or noon and, and we go to the gym and then I switch to business stuff in the evenings. And then I really take advantage of once they go to bed, then I'm at, I'm at my computer for hours after that. And I really take advantage of the, of, yeah, you know, yeah. the time that everyone's asleep. Um, but you just got to make do with the time that you have and know that for me, there's one thing that really weighs on me, which is people need this. They need this. This isn't an option of like, it's not a luxury of when I can just get it out to people because people need it in, in my yeah. state. And in this, in this kind of Northwest inland Northwest area, it is one of the number one places of suicide, teen suicide. And when I, when I hear that these kids are killing themselves, that people are killing themselves, that they have that much hopelessness. And I know that I have so much hope and purpose and empowerment that I could be bringing to them. And I haven't done it yet. I haven't got it to them yet. I take that personally 
Like it is a personal mission that I know for the rest of my life, I'm going to be pursuing this mission. And, and so it's just a matter of like, gosh, stay up and do the work. People need it. Like this is important. Well, I, well, I had to ask because, <clears throat> you know, as a fellow parent, um, you know, as a fellow entrepreneur also is, I feel like that's probably one of my biggest struggles is obviously I don't homeschool. My kids go to daycare, you know, on the weekday. So, you know, I, I get, I get, I get some time to do work with the yeah. exception of like this week, you know, my, my son threw up on Tuesday, I think it was Aww. no Monday uh, on the way to school. And I think it was a food allergy reaction that he had because he's got food, food allergies. So they quarantined him for three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so I had to take my daughter, who's two, to daycare each one of those days. And that's what I do in the morning. I get them up. I get them dressed. I feed them breakfast. I take them to school because my wife works a full-time job. She's out of the house by 5 a.m. So, like, I'm doing that in the morning. But it's, it's the daily routine that I still struggle with because, like, three days my son was home with me. And it's like every 60 seconds, Daddy, watch this. Daddy, this. Like, yes. your attention. And... <laughs> That actually made me realize, Lisa, right there, like from a priority standpoint, that like my, my family has always been number one and always will be, you know, and but it really enforced those priorities to make me realize that that's important. You know, that time I will not get back in my life. Right. I need to devote when he says, Daddy, come look at this. And I don't come once, twice, three times. That's that's creating a bad impression uh, on him. And I try to really control that. It's tough because. Okay, laptop, do work, you know, client deliverable. It's Tuesday and a Wednesday, Thursday. Now it's Friday. I miss three days in work. And guess what? I'm doing the work in the evening when I can't, but I'm not as focused. Yeah. Because kids are running around upstairs. Sure. I'm downstairs in my office. There's noise. I can't focus. You know, kids need attention. Got to make dinner, you know, or I got to do my food prep <laughs> twice per week. Like there's always other shit. And so. Always, yeah. It's, it's, it's. It's, it's almost, you know, um, encouraging to hear that you're not the only person struggling <laughs> with these things because, let's face it, you can only do works on so many nights until 9, 10, 11 o'clock before it catches up with you because you need sleep, because yeah. you need to function. And that's another struggle of mine is like because I go through these periods where I'll be up late very much like you, doing client work, trying to catch up. Like, okay, I'm going to go to bed at midnight tonight. I'm going to be up at 6 a.m. Bullshit. You know, alarm goes off and you don't want to get up because you're tired. Yeah. You know, you need sleep, you need rest. And so, but it's, it's finding some balance, something that works for you, you know, and that's why I was asking you because it's a lot, you know, you homeschool for kids, your wife, business owner also, it's not easy, but what matters at the core of that, and I think that's where Empower Nation comes in also is this that you're doing the work. There's mm -hmm. progress, you're taking action. And I think in this mediocre world we live in is a lot of people quickly forget about that because they, they see and they look at you and they're like, well, you're doing too much or maybe you're not gaining momentum on so many things and you're doing too many things. But what, are, what about putting in the work, yeah. right? Like you're showing up, you're showing up. That, that's what matters. It doesn't matter. I mean, you might fail today, you might fail tomorrow, you might fail the day after, but you know what's constant? You're showing up. That's it. Mm -hmm. You're there, you know? You're there and doing the work, doing the exercises, doing the, the mind, the personal development, you know, the mindset transformation. And that has been a struggle for me. And I think still is, honestly, because, 
I get frustrated. Like I know today I had screw ups in my email and shit to deal with. And it just like, it changes you, you know, it affects you, you know, it affects you in a negative way. And so it's so frustrating almost to see how that uh, impacts you to where you go from like, I'm positive. I start off my day. I'm going to get all this shit done. Like, oh, damn. Like I get this negative email. It's like, all right, how am I going to deal with this? You know, am I going to let this, you know, change the trajectory on my day? And honestly, I used to be that person. I'd be like, yeah, and maybe it was stress. Maybe it was depression. Maybe it was anxiety. You know, like Kevin saying, you know what? I don't have any motivation for the rest of the day. You know, just the energy, like it drains you. You know, mm-hmm. it drains you. And so I think with what you're doing with Empower Nation is – is pivotal to anyone's life. I think it's key. It's transformational because you know what? Especially in the U.S., a lot of people struggle with all these things. They struggle with obesity. They struggle with mindset. They struggle with personal development. They struggle. It's not because they're incapable. It's not because they're not talented. Mm-hmm. It's because they're unwilling and or allowing the minutia of the world to dictate the course of their life. Yeah, and I think... I think so many people just don't know. They just don't know. They're just ignorant of it. They don't even know that it's there. I think, I think the business world understands personal development really well. I think the rest of the world has a wrong idea of what personal development is. It's that foo-foo yeah. stuff. It's the, oh, you're just, you're just trying to be the best. You're trying to get validation from the world. You're trying to whatever. No, that's not what it is at all. And yeah. I think that that's where I wanted to, I don't want that to live in just the business world. The people in the business world, they find it because they're working and growing and developing themselves and their company or their business. So they find it, but the rest of the world, they just don't even really know these tools and these strategies and these methods and these tips as far as it helps you to break down, you know, how do you get out of a bad mindset when, when you are stressed and there are tangible, real things that you are dealing with in your life and it weighs you down and your shoulders hang and your body's carrying this stress and your mind is being captured by it. Like, how do you get out of that? You don't have to just succumb to it. Like there are actual tools and methods and tips and strategies and things that you can do that are not foo-foo that actually help your body physically to be able to withstand stress, to be able to snap out of it, to be able to change your mindset and pursue things. And right. so to know those, those things empower you in, in how you live your life and to manage your life better. And when you manage stress better, you're managing your health better. So many of our, of our ailments that we experience are stress induced. And so when you know how to manage that better and you're doing things like taking care of your mind and your body and your nutrition, all those things help reduce stress. But then when it goes back to how we manage the chaos and family and time and everything, I think the key word is intentionality. And I'm not going to say I have it nailed down. I don't, but it's something that I strive to have, which is, oh, you're doing too much. You're pulled in these directions. It doesn't really matter how many directions you're pulled in if they're healthy directions, right? If you are dedicating that time to your family, which should be first, and, and then you're working on your business, you're working on yourself, you're working on positive things. 
the key is intentionality in each of these areas. Right. If you are an intentional parent, you are spending time with them. They feel your love and your dedication and you're intentional with that versus just kind of like, oh yeah, we're in the same room all day, but I'm not really giving you my time or attention, right? I'm on my phone and I'm checked out and I'm doing X, Y, Z. That's very different than I'm going to get down, play with you, talk with you, hang out. Like you're going to have my time and attention. And, and I could say I experienced that by living close to my parents my whole life when we moved to Idaho. That was one of the biggest things that made me worried is because I didn't want to not be close with my parents. But we had lost intentionality. We were taking each other for granted because we'd see each other all the time. So there was an intentionality in our relationship. When I moved and we would see each other like every two months for the weekend, we're now spending the entire weekend with each other, making breakfast, hanging out all day, going sledding, going hiking, doing this. Now our relationships grew to extraordinary levels. And what that came down to was we were intentional about our time because we knew we didn't have a whole lot of it. So when we had that time, we were intentional and we used it well. And our relationships grew extraordinarily deeper right. than what they had been. And so it's that same type of mindset, being intentional in our business and, and with our time with ourself even. Well, and so I want to leave it on that note because that was very powerful that you said, you know, intentional. And I think, <clears throat> I, I know for a lot of people, you know, watching and listening to this episode uh, are hopefully going to find insight in this because intentional is key, like you said, is this that truly being intentional about the things that you want? And then, you know, not allowing the external to dictate, you know, uh, a different decision, you know, to impact your decision making, because that happens. I know for me personally, it happens all the time. You know, it's like, I know I want to do something, but then I allow the external or a current situation, you know, to change my mind. And, it's, and then I regret it afterwards, right. you know, and I, I hate feeling like that. Because I think it's when you're intentionally really realize your full potential of what you can be, who you can be, what you can conquer, what you can become, but you allow the external to almost like, like damp on that and put a litter in and say, no, don't do it. It's not a priority. It's almost like, you know, God and the devil, almost like, you know, being on both shoulders and like God telling you, yeah, go to the gym, you know, put in the exercise, you know, like work on your routine. You want to do that. That was like, nah, you ain't got time for that. You got other stuff to do. That's not important. You know, it's like, and I think a lot of people struggle with with that, with being intentional. Um, Lisa, amazing conversation. I know this could probably go endlessly, but uh, in in closing, you know, tell everybody how can they find you? How can they connect with you? How can they get more information about Empower Nation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love for anyone to connect with me through Instagram. It's kind of the, the one area I'm really pouring a lot of my time and intention into. So for me personally, uh, my handle is at lisa.corticas, which is K-O-R-T-E-K-A-A-S. So lisa.corticas on Instagram. And you can also find the company Empower Nation on Instagram. It's just at Empower Nation. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, EmpowerNation.org. And you could check out my website, which is EmpowerNation.org. So any, any one of those ways you can find out more about me or, or my company and what we're doing. Awesome, Lisa. Well, I want to thank you for the great conversation. I truly enjoyed it. I loved it. Thank you for having me. I mean, this has been fun.
downstairs, now I'm a big dog, bitch I pull up on the block, 